0: The Chargers are here comes a lightning bolt! Charger fans are witnesses to history.
1: This is the Lightning Round podcast with your hosts Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle.
0: Go Chargers, go! Hey, everybody. Different location, but we're here after hours. Jamie's here. I'm here. What's up, everybody? Jamie. How you feeling? A little bit better now than you did about an hour ago,
1: huh? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I had some bad some bad mojo going about halftime there. Even though they were up twenty four to thirteen, it was not feeling good, and that third quarter was rough. But credit to the Chargers, they pulled it out. The offense made the plays they needed to. The defense got some turnovers and some stops, and they found out they figured out a way to win the game. So they deserve a lot of credit.
0: Yeah, this was reminiscent of the Steelers game a little bit in that they had the big lead. They thought they'd run away with it, maybe you know step on the gas a little bit, and then, boy, it got ugly, and then at the end, they were able to pull away.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bengals had all the momentum through most of the second quarter, and well, maybe not most of the second quarter, late in the second quarter and the entire third quarter. Um, Seemed like the offensive line was falling apart. The secondary was struggling. um, Chargers were turning the ball over it was just rough all the way around for like a quarter and a half. And then start of the fourth quarter, they get that fumble where it looks like the bangles are going to drive down and take the lead. They get the fumble, run it back for the touchdown. And then it's that right of the ship and everything just kind of normal. Well, not normalize this is the chargers, but everything, everything worked out the way we needed it to from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can you see me? All right, Jamie. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, mine went out so I'm just going to I'm just going to go with it. Um yeah, I think uh it was really kind of a uh tale of two quarters at least the begin first quarter, fourth quarter in that in the f- you know, to start they got those two turnovers, the Michael Davis interception, um and uh what was the other one? The fumble, was that the fumble in the f- for, first for quarter? Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh and then the fourth quarter they were able to get a a uh, they were able to get the um uh, the two, the uh, two other turnovers. So, yeah, two other turnovers. Sorry, I got things going on over here for the stream. Uh, two turnovers. They were able to get the stop on fourth down. So there were, while it got a little hairy in the second and third quarter, they were able to start strong and then finish strong to close it all out. And this was such a huge win in a team that was so red hot to hold Joe Mixon to 54 yards regardless of the lead they had to begin with fact that they were able to stop the run early on which uh we saw a lot of early no jerry tillery and a lot more uh brendan fajoko and joe gaziano which was nice to see and some justin jones who uh, ended up leaving towards the end of that game but uh th- there was a lot of really really good things and i think it's really really important to get this win on the road against a red hot Bengals team who is you know uh look they were looking like they were going to be close to the one seed at least sniffing it at this point and to go in there and win on the road was huge
1: yeah, and to overcome, I mean, think about all everything they overcame. You know, they they have that twenty-four point lead. They lose Bosa. They lose Justin Jones. They start turning the ball over in the second quarter. Um, it just looks like things are falling apart, and it's going to be the same old Chargers. And then, you know, the, I think what really turned it for them. You know, people will point to the the fumble recovery for the touchdown. I think what really ultimately turned it was. Not allowing the Bengals to convert on the two point conversion to make it 24 24. That seemed to kind of galvanize the defense. And at that point, the offense was still struggling. Uh, You know, the following possession, um, they had a bad, the Chargers had a bad possession down in their deep in their own territory. And uh, uh, Herbert escapes a sack, almost completes that pass to Cook, who isn't looking for the ball. They have to punt. Um, that whole sequence right there, you can just feel the game slipping away. The Bengals get the ball on their own 43-yard line within like three plays. They're inside the Chargers 40. And then you get that fumble recovery for the touchdown and everything just clicks. So I think it really started with keeping them out of the end zone on that two-point conversion attempt. The fumble kind of helped the snowball effect go and then everything just kind of settled down. The defense started making plays. The offense put the ball in the end zone there at the end of the game and it was just everything just kind of fell back into place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Big play by Christian Covington and Derwin James on that two point conversion. That was, I mean, that was a huge swing and they were celebrating like it and they should have. I know a lot of people didn't like uh, how hype the chargers were after that stop on two point conversion while you give up like 20 plus unanswered at that point. But it was big. I mean, the, the mix and fumble is a big swing in that game and momentum. And the fact that Tavon Campbell could take it, scoop it and score was huge to put more uh, points on the board. But, yeah, I mean that was a really, really big play that helped swing that game.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a defense that has not been able to stop the run at all all season. They've been getting progressively better during the season. So to come up with that stop and that spot was huge for them. Um, and then, like I said, you start seeing the defense get more aggressive. You know, you see the the double slot blitz on on a, on a third down play there with Adderley and Bosa to get the oh, sack.
0: Um, that was beautiful.
1: Yeah, it was it was awesome. And then every, and then you see a delayed blitz on another third down with, uh, with tranquil who gets home for the sack and things just start adding up. You know, one positive play turns into two, turns into three, turns into four. Now all of a sudden the offense is settling down because the defense is making plays. The offense is able to go down and punch the ball in late in the game. They run off most of the last four or five, four or five minutes of the game there with the ball. Um, Everything worked out. They 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 made the plays they needed to make when they needed to make them the most. And that's yep. something that they haven't always done this year. It's a hallmark of their wins for sure, making key plays in key moments. It, and not doing so has been a hallmark of their losses. So to see them do that on the road against a good football team was enormous, and it should build a lot of confidence, especially when you look at six sacks with no Joey Bosa on the field. Mm-hmm. That's huge. They had to manufacture some pressure with blitzes. They had Nwosu step up and have a great game. He had two tackles in the game. Both of them were sacks. Um, <clears throat> Rump had a sack. Uh, you had um, Derwin and Adderley split a sack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Fackrell got some pressure. They, they started getting pressure up the middle. Their defensive tackles started moving the pocket, and that kind of changed the whole flow of the game. As soon as they started getting pressure in Burrow's face, the whole, the whole flow of the Bengals' offense changed.
0: Oh, absolutely. Of course it did. And it seemed like there was a time uh, after that two-point conversion when uh, Derwin James got sent on a blitz. And I think right after that came that Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, slot blitz uh, off the edges. And everything changed from there. I mean, they were constantly getting pressure on Burrow. They knew they could get it, especially in the middle and the delay blitz. Uh, you mentioned Tranquil. Kaiser White had a really big... Um, pressure in there. I think he had a sack too. He, I mean, there was, there was a lot of good play uh, from the edges, and the fact that yeah, Joey Bosa goes down early in that game, they could still get pressure and get to Joey uh, Joe Burrow late. And um, I know, I know the finger is going to be like a big storyline come uh, Monday, but it seemed like after the. It took him about a series and a half to kind of figure it out, but he was slinging that ball at the end of that game. It wasn't like, I don't know if he got a shot or what, but it did not seem like it was hampering him much at all towards the end of that game. So I, I know that uh, he he hurt his finger, and uh, obviously he had a lot of heart to go back out there and still sling it and not wear any tape or a glove or anything. But uh, still, I don't, I don't think it was that big of a difference on the game.
1: No, I mean, it made a little bit of a difference at the end of the half where it was pretty clear that the coaches didn't want him to throw the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they had a chance to clock it and try to take a shot down the field, and they opted not to do that. They wanted to get him in and get him some treatment in halftime. So they let the clock run out, and he was pissed. He was not happy about that. <clears throat> and the first series or two of the second half, it seemed like the ball was coming out a little wonky, a little wobbly there. But he settled down. He was making, He was throwing some darts late in the game. So um, I, I think people will probably make a bigger deal out of that than they need to.
0: Like comparing him to Wayne Gretzky,
1: like Manny says. <laughs> How ridiculous was that?
0: <laughs> that was wild.
1: Like <laughs> all he's doing is targeting Tavon Campbell and Chris Harris. This is uh-huh. rocket
0: science. Yeah. <laughs> would,
1: would Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky have thrown that pick in the in the, the red zone in the end zone, or would he have seen Chris Harris lurking underneath?
0: Uh, well, that's he plays hockey, so that's a hard thing to say. But,
1: yeah, okay. I think
0: he, he, Grotsky would have made a smarter decision, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he sees everything before it happens, before everybody else. Okay, I know. That's why know. he turned the ball over three times today. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying a little bit too hard to annoy a second-year quarterback. Let's oh, just let him breathe a little bit.
0: For sure. And Otto had a uh, pretty good uh, stat here. Just a reminder, points off turnovers. Chargers scored 17 The uh, Bengals scored 13 off both of Eckler's fumbles. So the game would have been 24-9. Great game by the defense.
1: Yeah, the defense played great. And that's kind of been the story of the Bengals season. I don't remember if we talked about it a lot during the preview show, but the Bengals offense struggles to move the ball the length of the field on a consistent basis. When they score in bunches, it's usually because they're getting turnovers and they're getting short fields, and that's what we saw today. Most of their best drives came with short fields, after turnovers, they weren't really marching the ball up and down the field on a consistent basis. They were just taking advantage of mistakes. And they, for the most part, the Chargers limited the big plays too. You didn't really see any deep balls. I'm sure the pinky had something to do with that. But most of what they were doing was short and mid-range throws, just trying to get the ball out quick because they didn't have the time to get get the ball deep with the way the pressure was getting to Burrow. So they, they really limited those deep plays. They kept everything in front of them. They stopped the run. They got to Burrow. They did everything they needed to do. And, you know, short of a couple of turnovers, they they pretty much controlled that game.
0: Yeah, and I think the uh, one deep one I can remember off the top of my head is that touchdown that went fell between Michael Davis and Asir Adderley, which kind of was a blown coverage there. But uh, Isaac has a question. If Burrow is Gretzky, who's Herbert? Michael Jordan, right? Obviously. Or is it Muhammad Ali?
1: Oh, that's a good one. <laughs>
0: i'll let you think about that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so um i mean i think another uh great thing we saw today was uh, a lot more that rpo that we've been kind of pining for for weeks now um they got it early on uh, they had a hurry up and they got uh it was a bullet on fourth um on uh uh, the deep shot to uh, it wasn't the fourth down. Sorry. I was getting my place confused. The hurry up. There was the deep shot to Mike Williams. It opened up to Herbert, but the, it was the wide open touchdown to Keenan Allen was RPO. Yep, their
1: second touchdown. I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah and then the after RPO. that,
0: the Jalen Guyton, big completion was off RPO and he was wide open too. I mean, they, it was, it was a uh, easy pickings today and they finally went back to it and it was so successful.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime you have to respect Herbert, running the ball or handing the ball off yeah, and it draws in a defense that struggles against the run, you're going to have some success. And that's what they had that they got to do more of that way more of that. <laughs> Keep those ends honest. Mm. Nick
0: has a pretty good answer to that Gretzky He's question. Gretzky's dad. <laughs> yep. Gretzky's dad. Good one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they were, man, the, just, the, I loved that first quarter. I wish it would have just ended there. There were, It was just so beautiful. And uh, to top it off with that kind of Philly special to uh, Justin Herbert on the two-point conversion, man, it was awesome. There were so many good things going early on in that game. 24 yeah. points. It was great.
1: The first, like, 15 minutes of that game, yeah. 15, 18 minutes of that game were amazing. Just ah. Chargers moving the ball up and down the field that fourth down conversion on the first touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. The score to to touchdown was huge to take the lead. Um, I
0: still don't know how he fit that ball in there.
1: I, I honestly I don't know why he threw it to Keenan cuz <laughs> was open in the flat and could have walked in for the touchdown. Mm. Um but he got it there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Craig says were- Herbert's Pele. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh yeah, so Williams got some deep shots early on. They got Parham involved. Uh he had two pretty bad drops today but uh Herbert uh was still threatened as a runner I mean there was a lot of good things early on they had it working and they were cooking uh they kind of went they had it working late too but man they they stalled out partway through the second quarter and all of the third quarter but that first quarter was amazing it was yeah, blissful
1: you know I am um, I know people will blame Parm for dropping those two balls I thought the throw to Parm in the corner of the end zone the first throw on the first, it was the first or second touchdown. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Where he floated it a little bit where he floated it.
1: I I thought that was on Herbert. He just didn't get it there and he gave the corner a chance to recover and make a play on the ball. That's not really on Herbert. The second or not really on Parm, excuse me. The second one, I thought, um, it went through his hands, but he was surrounded. That's a pretty low percentage throw that far downfield. Hard to blame him, even though he is six eight and it did go right through his hands. That's not, that's not an easy catch for sure. And I think
0: it was against Mike Hilton, who's like 5 nothing. He had a big height advantage.
1: Yeah. And no, it wasn't Hilton. It was Apple. It was Eli Apple. Oh, gotcha. That went up and, and, and interfered with the throw.
0: Yeah. So how are you feeling about Guyton this game? We mentioned him a little bit. Is he taking back the wide receiver three spot?
1: I mean, I, I don't know that he ever really lost it fully they seem like they've been trying to force him into that role and he made some plays today. So, yeah. Whereas, you know, as Isaac pointed out, Palmer had that deep ball, not the best thrown ball, probably a ball that should have been thrown out in front of him a little bit. He had to stop Mm. and come back for it. Um, but definitely had two hands on the ball and needs to come down with it. So that, that's a tough one for Palmer.
0: Yeah. 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 That was a, that was a real bad one, especially when you give it up to the defense there. But yeah, I mean, you know uh, they were working they were kind of getting close to a 50-50 between him and uh, Guyton and Palmer but i mean i don't I, one game doesn't change things i mean we saw early on that jet sweep not work again um, he made a he made a catch on a deep ball that was crazy good uh, that catch
1: in the end zone was phenomenal probably yeah. the best catch of his chargers career maybe the best one of the more important catches of the game as a whole um that was a huge catch for him for the Chargers, for his career, I think, and his standing on the team because he had to wrestle that ball away from, I think it was Eli Apple, if I'm not mistaken.
0: No, that was Jesse Bates.
1: Oh, was it Jesse Bates? Yeah. Yeah, he the had third. to wrestle that ball away from Bates in the end zone to come down with it. That was a huge play.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a throw I wouldn't want Herbert to make twice, um, but he made the play. Guyton did, and and he had uh, defensive pass interference, uh, pass interference on him too, so he was being draped all over and still made the catch so that was huge and then there there was a really big completion but he, i mean he was wide open off rpo um so he i mean he had a good game i can't take anything away from him but i don't think he's our uh wide receiver three
1: yeah craig's making a good point he reminds me a little bit of uh of travis benjamin he is terrified of getting hit
0: are you talking about this right
1: here yes guyton is terrified of getting hit even on that long catch and run he wasn't running so much as he was twisting around and waiting for somebody to come up and hit him. And he fumbled that ball in anticipation of contact. So that was, he made a nice play. He caught the ball. He ran with it, but he was looking over his shoulder ready to get hit on that play. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He maybe could have scored on it, but he didn't because of the way he was kind of tiptoeing through contact. He does not want to get hit at all. And there were a few plays that showed that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them was a third down catch where he caught it right after the sticks. He got the first down and then basically like turtled up and then like got in a shell and like basically wanted to sit down in the field and not mm-hmm. get hit. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I could, I could see that. Travis Benjamin, comp for sure, for sure. Um, all right. So what do we do here? Victor's talking about Jalen Guyton, Chris Harris, Tavon Campbell, all made impact impactful plays today all guys we've railed on for weeks on end. Do we let up here? No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, Campbell had a fumble pop up into his hands and he, he was, had wide open field in front of him. He made a great play to scoop it. Yeah. Is he, you know, it, he still did not play all that well in coverage. He still had some oh, issues no. tackling. Uh-uh. Uh, did not, outside of that fumble recovery, I didn't think he played particularly well. Mm-hmm. Harris, same issues, not covering well, not tackling well. He made a great play in the end zone. Probably more a bad decision by Herbert than anything, mm-hmm. but he did make a good play to, high, to high point that ball and go up and get it. On
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Burrow, excuse me.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Did make a good play to high point that ball, but still I wouldn't say he had a great game.
0: Yeah, uh, Harris and Campbell uh, were more negative than positive, even though ha- they had two impactful plays. Uh, I mean, good on both of them, and they made plays there. But every the other snap outside of that, not so much. And, again, we got the Chris Harris special, the complaining after a completion right in front of him, pointing at somebody else. That is somebody else's fault again today. Yep. Um, so, uh, no, I mean, I, I know you didn't ask the question, but obviously, uh, we're you know. They they didn't play great, and God man, when when they were throwing was it T Higgins on the sideline where Burrow basically like floated it? Ugh, he threw it to the that moon and was back
1: in the air for like an hour. Uh, that thing just hung,
0: <laughs> and he couldn't get there. Yep, oh that was awful. Um, let's see what else we want. There's a lot of things here. I'm just catching up here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I missed it. Um, yeah. So I mean, um, I mean, why don't we talk about uh Chris Rumph who had some big plays today? He had uh the big sack. I mean, the horse collar right after it didn't help, but he had the big hit on the fourth down, the fourth day in completion on Burrow, and he filled in uh, nicely. Had had two big splash plays today.
1: He also had a really big hit on special teams on a kick return, I believe. Mm. Rumpf had a really good game. Nuosu had a really good game. Both those guys really played well in Bosa's absence, I thought. Um, but yeah, lo- lots of guys stepping up. I mean, when you're when your star Joey Bosa isn't isn't on the field and can't be on the field, you need guys to step up. And they got they got great performances out of all of the edge players. Really, I mean, Fackle didn't have a sack, but he was in the backfield quite a bit and definitely affected some passes and I think forced Burrow to step up into a few sacks a couple of times. So. Uh, all those edge guys played really well. Uh, Derwin stepped up late in the game with that splitting that sack with Adderley.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On the next possession, he came up and whacked some. Um, I think he whacked Mixon on a little dump-off pass. He was playing deep and came all the way up and hit Mixon before he could get going. A uh, couple really, really big plays by Derwin there. I mean, just at when it, when it looked like the whole defense was ready to fold, everybody just kind of rallied and stepped up and made some plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nuosu big strip sack. Uh, man, it was great. I mean, to be able to like work back to the quarterback and then rather than going for the sack, stick his hand out and try to swipe it before he tackled him was awesome. And then dive on it was even better. So he made a big play today too.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think Nuosu is really, he seems like he his game was ascending. Uh, he was really good what game was that a couple of weeks ago was it oh well, it was a steelers game mm-hmm. he had a really good game against the Steelers he played well again although he wasn't as um it wasn't as pronounced of a good game last week and he was outstanding this week it seems like he's really growing into his role as a second edge rusher and if not for bosa getting hurt it seems like he's really starting to steal some of those snaps away from facroll where in the beginning of the year seemed like the coaches were leaning towards facrol as the number one guy opposite bosa because they felt like he was a little bit more well-rounded than Nwosu. But you just can't deny Nwosu's pass rush, and he's been really good setting the edge the last three or four weeks.
0: Yep, and uh, Bobby Reynolds came in. Yeah, you missed it. We talked about it. Mixing 54 yards, that's huge. One touchdown, that was big today. And then uh, are you worried about Bosa? Yeah, I mean, that's what, his
1: second concussion this year?
0: Yep. Third two in two years? Now is uh, the time. Talked about it. Good clear to hear he clear
1: concussion protocol. Yeah. Um, but definitely concerning. I think it's now three concussions in two years. Two That's years,
0: worrisome. yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Big time.
0: Yeah, so yeah, definitely worried. I mean, look at what's going on with uh, Sante Samuel Jr. Those, those yeah. are no joke. Um, and then there was Nick who was talking about uh, that tranquil delayed blitz an absolute game-changing call yeah i think it's i really think it started with that derwin james corner blitz mm-hmm. oh just a side note did you see that chris harris corner blitz today no that thing took Oh my! you could have oh yeah that that what you could have timed that with an hourglass <laughs> that was so slow developing and then eventually they uh got it right and sent guys like derwin and kaiser and tranquil but yeah those were that's when it, it, I felt like it flipped when they started sending guys other than their pass rushers to get some added pressure from different angles and everything. That was huge
1: when they got creative and aggressive.
0: Yeah. 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 Funny
1: how that works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, again, Isaac talking about RB two. Uh, not giving up on Eckler, but he's getting a lot of work in Edo Smith signing coming soon. Who knows? Um, but and Eckler went down late. I hope, uh, I don't know how serious his injury is, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, Eckler had a rough day today. He took a beating. Um, I thought the first fumble was really more just a good play by the defense and it was a bad play by Eckler. Um, they were holding them up and, they, and Bates came out and stripped the ball out. Granted, you have to hold onto the football, but I just thought that was a good play by the defense. The second one was rough. Um, that one I really thought, if they had called it an incomplete pass on the field, it probably would have stood as an incomplete pass on the field because he caught it and he was hit as he was turning up field. I didn't really think he made the quote-unquote football move. Mm-hmm. Um, but two fumbles in the same game by your RB1, that, that's a problem. It's not something that that Eckler normally does. He he has had issues with it early in his career. It seemed like he really fixed that. He's been really reliable with the football. So hopefully that's something he, he gets corrected. But it was it was really clear it must be in the scouting report for the Chargers. Anytime the Bengals were finishing a play, it seemed like they were holding up whoever the ball carrier was and trying to rip that ball out. So it's yeah. gotta be somewhere in the scouting report, something they got to work on. I mean, to the point that it seemed like the officials were letting these plays stretch out, waiting for the ball to come out.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: there were a few plays where it seemed like for progress had stopped. The def- the the ball carrier, whoever it was, was wrapped up and And the play should have been whistled dead, but they were just it seemed like they were sitting around waiting for the ball to come up. Yeah, come out. Which is odd because you get that, and then you get that play with Cook on the sideline in the fourth quarter where he's clearly still in bounds. He has not had his forward progress stopped. He makes a football move upfield and stretches the ball out and is clearly still in bounds with the ball in the general vicinity of the of the line to gain, and they call forward progress and call him down. I mean he, he was not down. So the the, the um, juxtaposition of those two calls, the way they're calling those players holding people up and trying to rip the ball out versus that play with Cook, there's something wrong wrong there. I I just didn't like the way that the I didn't like the way the game was called in general. The OPI call on Keenan. Oh was my terrible. god. Just because Jamar
0: Chase did the same thing to uh, Michael Davis later on, extended the arm and pushed off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just bad. That yeah. that that crew is just awful. That's yeah. the worst crew in the league, in my opinion. They yeah, they've more been penalties bad. than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- they obviously don't know what they're doing. I mean, it seemed like they had to conference two or three times late in the game because they didn't know how to make a particular call. Um, but that yeah, I already I already said my piece. That yeah. <laughs> that four progress call was awful.
0: Yeah, and awful. then yeah, and then one of the ones you're talking about where they had a huddle and talk about it, I mean, they're like scraping Justin Herbert while he's on the ground and trying to pull the ball out and Slater's trying to get the other guy off of him. It was just like, wh- how is there nothing being called here? He's on the ground and he's still trying to pull a ball out of his hands. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It was very up and down. I, I don't know. I I'm always fine with, if they're going to call it tight like that, but they've got to go both ways. And it was just not that way today. Yeah. Not that it hurt the chargers, but. It didn't hurt
1: them. Thankfully it could have yeah. that that OPI call on Keenan really killed a drive for them. Oh it yeah. Seemed like they were going to start moving the ball and mm-hmm. that completely flipped the momentum again. As it seemed like the Chargers were starting to get it back. It flipped the momentum for the offense and things started to fall apart again. So that, that was just a bad, bad call.
0: Yeah. All right. So John wants to know, how are you feeling about Lombardi's play calling today? Can we take out the second and third quarter? <laughs> Cause <laughs> eight plus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I had issues with some of it. Um, I thought there were particular points in the game where he didn't really understand the, the flow of the game or the tempo of the game. The one that got me was after the second turnover where the chargers have the ball inside the Cincinnati 40 yard line. Um, And they come out and I believe they run on first down and then they try to pass and Herbert winds up scrambling not even an attempt to throw the ball down the field. They're not able to really advance the ball in that possession and they wind up settling for a field goal. That's a point where, you know, you've got, I think you've got to turn that into a touchdown and you've got to take a shot. You've got a sudden change in plus territory, even if it's, you know, throwing a ball up for Mike down the field along the sideline and trying to let him go up and get it. You've got to try to push the envelope and push the ball down the field to get that 13, 14 point lead instead of the nine, nothing lead. Uh, I thought he dropped the ball there. Um, there were, it seemed like he was having a hard time finding, finding something that worked in the second and third quarter and early in the fourth quarter, uh, just couldn't get a rhythm, couldn't get, couldn't get anything going the second down runs, big problem. Uh, Still, it seems like if it's second and 10, if it's second and one, if it's second and five, they're running the ball. It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the building knows it. And that's the big issue is when you don't get anything on first down and everybody knows you're running it on second down, you're always going to be in third and long. And that really hurt them, I thought. They had a lot of third and long, third and eight, third and nine, third and 10, several third and 15 situations because they just couldn't get out of their own way on second down. And that's my biggest, that's been my biggest complaint with, with Lombardi all season. I mean, granted the offense did put up 41. Well, seven of those were,
0: Oh, seven of those were from Mm -hmm. the defense. Just count it.
1: But they, his offense put up 30 plus points. Herbert had over 300 yards. Everybody's been begging for deep balls. They hit several big plays for deep balls. Mm -hmm. Um, Eckler was involved and had a solid game outside of the fumbles. They got Mike involved down the field. They got Guyton involved down the field. They tried to get Palmer involved down the field. Uh, Didn't see as much of Cook early in the game. Mm
0: -mm.
1: It seemed like they're – and we saw some screens. I think at least two, if not three, of Eckler's five receptions were screenplays, and they all worked really well. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, we saw the things that we've been begging for the whole season – they put up 30-plus points. I just think the first and second down issues continue to limit this, this offense's potential. They need to try to pick up four, five, six, seven yards on first down to set up easier second downs, and it'd be nice if they didn't run the ball on second down, regardless of the down and distance. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons.
0: Yeah, yeah, that second down run thing I was going to bring up because there was a lot of that today. But I'm I'm starting to get the feeling, and I, it feels like it's becoming a pattern, but anytime the Chargers get backed up at any point where there's a holding call early on on first and second down and it's second and, you know, 10, 12, 15, he's still running it like it's second and five, second and six. There isn't like he gets behind the sticks. Uh, it's second, third, and long, and he's not playing it to get chunk yards and then set up a third and short. He's trying to then get all the yards on second down, doesn't get it, then try to get it all on third down. It just doesn't feel like there's a natural progression to where they fall behind on yardage and try to make it up later on. It just feels like once they get backed up to second and 15, second and 18, there was a third and 20, whatever, they're already having problems and they just can't get ahead of themselves. They're just basically saying, hey – get me all these yards now rather than trying to pick up chunks at a time making it more third manageable and i that's been going on for a long time and it, it happened a lot today too
1: yeah it did happen a lot today and I've, I've also noticed when you get second and really long like say after a penalty or a sack it seems like they're throwing a two or three yard completion to Mike right Williams right every time right um not even trying to get a chunk right it's right. like, get, just get the ball quickly and get whatever you can. Right. L- hoping for Mike to make somebody miss or break a tackle, which I don't think he's done all season, Mm-mm. maybe once or twice at the most. That,
0: yeah. Um, that's, that's the point I'm making. Yeah. That yeah. You know, on second down, it's no longer trying to pick up, you know, if it's second and 20, they're not trying to pick up 10 yards and make it a third and 10. It's a two to three yard dump off to par him on a screen that they can't get work in. And then they're set up behind the sticks and it's third and 22, you know? So I am there were a lot of good things today. Um, the RPO in particular was stellar and I, I love that they brought that out today and it worked to perfection. There's a lot of great things today. Uh, like you mentioned 34 points from the offense. That's great. Um, you can't really complain about that, but I think, I think obviously this is still a work in progress. I think they get too bound up and they clam up when it's second, third and long. I think there's way too many second down runs and, um, I don't I don't think we're seeing enough of that early like uh, Mike Williams' big X role anymore, which was working so well. Um, but yeah, I just think you know, I think I think uh, there was a lot of good things today, but obviously, you know, far from perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely not perfect. They definitely went through a period where the offense was kind of sluggish and they couldn't block, they couldn't run. Uh, Herbert was under constant pressure. I mean, yeah. I'll have to go back and watch. The all 22. I'm not sure what changed, but it seemed like they went from Herbert standing in a clean pocket, having time to pick the defense apart in the first quarter to Herbert being under constant pressure in the second and third quarter. And it just took a while to figure out how to, how to quell that, how to, how to stop that pressure. Um, and again, I'll have to go back and watch it. I'm not sure what happened, but it just seemed like everybody was winning on every snap for the Broncos getting in the backfield or for the, for the Bengals, for the Bengals. Me, mm-hmm. getting in the backfield um and affecting herbert so that was that was concerning there was one play where they got a sack they had a three-man rush they dropped eight on third and long yeah and hendrickson just whipped Rashawn slater and and got home for the sack that kind of stuff can't happen you can't have a three-man rush getting home that quickly
0: yeah yeah yeah, and Hendrickson was pretty quiet today for the most part. I thought Slater did it pretty good, but on that sack, I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe it came from Slater's side. That was crazy. Yeah, that there was there was a lot of uh, protection issues in the middle of that game for sure.
1: Yeah, it seemed like they were having some communication issues on the line because he started seeing Ogan Joby had a sack, you mm-hmm. know, um Hendrickson and uh, and Hubbard got home Mm
0: -hmm. just seemed like
1: everybody was was right on top of Herbert the interior in particular was having some issues and that kind of opened up opportunities outside so um, I don't know if that was just a one-off thing because that is a good defensive line group they have a very good defensive line their edges are really good which makes things a lot easier on the interior guys but that was a two solid quarters of just not being able to block anybody
0: yeah so Neil's got the question. And if I think you're new here, so welcome, buddy. Um, is he top three all time Chargers head coach again? Staley has he has he reached it?
1: I'll say he's top four.
0: (laughs) He hasn't got back in the top three yet. (laughs) Not yet, all time. But man, did that. But in all honesty, this this win today very well felt like Staley had his stamp on it a little bit. And this is a team that would have, uh, this is a game this team would have lost in years past. So just being aggressive early on, going after the Bengals, building up that big lead. They wanted to go for two at one point. They did go for two. They went for it on fourth down. I mean, there was a lot of going for it, wanting to go for the kill and make sure you win on a road against a really good team because they, I mean, they could put points on the board and they could have easily won this game. But I felt like Staley helped kind of push it over the edge today.
1: Yeah, there was one point, though, that I, I wanted to bring up, and I mentioned this on Twitter. Okay. I was kind of surprised. So mm-hmm. they went up 9. They they went from 24 to 22 to 31-22. Mm-hmm. They scored that touchdown, and, and Staley was going to go for 2 to make it a 10-point game. There was a false start penalty, and they wound up having to kick
0: mm-hmm. the PAT.
1: To go up 9. To go up 9.
0: Mm-hmm. Then they
1: get the ball, and they go down, and they score again. And they have a chance to make it 17 with 10.43 left. So a three score game and you're at a point in the game where you're really starting to count possessions and you're trying to make it basically put the game out of reach instead of going for two and making it a 17 point game. They kicked the the PAT and kept a two point, a two score game, a two score game. Now granted it's two scores with two, two points. Right. Mm -hmm. However, in my opinion, I think that's a game management issue. It didn't hurt them this time, but it's the kind of thing you want to keep an eye on later Because you're on the road, you don't want to give them any hope. And at that point, a 17 point lead that puts the game away. And what happened? They get the ball, the Bengals get the ball back. They go right down the field. The Chargers wind up getting the pick in the end zone, but they were down in scoring position in a minute 43, threatening to make that a one score game when you had a chance to make it a three score game. Those are the kind of things you want to see Staley, who says he's analytically driven, take advantage of. You know, he's taking advantage of the fourth downs. He went for it earlier to make it 24-22 or 24-nothing, I should say. They need to take to, even if you don't get it and you're still up 15, you're still up two scores, nothing changes. You gotta make you gotta take the shot at making that a three-score game.
0: Oh, see, I didn't I, I'm curious what the analytics are on that because I didn't really have a problem with it. I think that if you're making them score and have to go for two twice, that's a pretty big probability that they might not get it. But three scores is three scores, obviously. But still I think that's pretty high to get to take the gimme extra point at that point. I didn't I, have a problem I, with it.
1: Yeah, I, I'd I'd want to check the analytics, but in my opinion, yeah. I think anytime you could have you have a chance to go up three scores versus going up two scores, you want to go up three scores in that situation because they're probably only gonna have two possessions left anyway at the most. So if you go up three, you're basically sealing that game. Now they need three touchdowns to win it. That game is over. Um And there's really no difference between a 15-point game and a 16-point game. Granted, they need two two two-point conversions, but either way, it's a two-score game. I really think I think in that situation, you want to go for the throat, especially on the road, and put that game away. But that's me.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And Lucas here, everyone was wrong. Chargers won. That's true. And you're talking to two guys who predicted the Bengals to win today.
1: Yep, we did.
0: (laughs) And, And 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 I and I remember going. But who would be surprised if they go on the road and beat a team like the Bengals? Because, I mean, this is so a Jekyll and Hyde type of team. They could be great and win on the road like this, go up 24 points early in a game in a first quarter, uh, but or lose to, like, the Broncos. So, yeah. Yeah, they won. I mean, everybody picked the Bengals to win this game. And they yeah. were
1: favorites. They were favorites. They're at home. They're red hot. The Chargers are coming off a bad loss to a team I think they really should have beaten in the Broncos. Oh, yeah. And um, better quarterback play, better skill players, the Chargers defense is struggling. In my opinion, I think that's a game. I think it makes sense to pick them to lose that game. Happy they won. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll just pick them to lose the rest of the way. <laughs> we'll, we'll work the reverse <laughs> jinx from now on.
0: Yeah, man. That's what I was saying. Afterwards, we're like, we got the reverse jinx going. So here we go. So who's worse, Jamie, Mike McCoy or Anthony Lynn? Oh, my God.
1: They're basically the same person. I'll say Lynn. I guess Lynn. Really, just, they were both really bad.
0: And I, so they are so evenly matched. There's just something about Mike McCoy and his visor, milk and toast. that that whole milk toast. Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> that personality. <laughs> that like picture of him like with his hand over his head, and the one where Gates got to put his hand on his shoulder. He's like where he's crying down. on the sideline. Yeah,
1: against the Broncos.
0: Right. That's that's where I got to give Lynn the edge. At least in my mind him flex on the sideline uh, for that fourth down goal line stop. uh, That is more ingrained in my mind for Lynn, which is more on the positive side. But for Mike, all I can remember is all those pictures. And then him getting mad at the media, him going after Eric Williams, McCoy did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so I'm going to say McCoy was worse in my mind. But God, are they close.
1: They're really close. Yeah. Uh, Lynn is just so much fresher in my mind with his mm-hmm. inability to answer questions about obvious game management and clock management issues,
0: uh-huh. yeah. getting
1: mad at reporters having the gall to ask him about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he was, he was so bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, he couldn't even hang as an offensive coordinator against a winless uh, for a winless football team. He can, I mean, he dragged the lines down with him too.
1: Yep. The other, the oh, other memory yeah. of McCoy was the, that Raiders game where they're down 30 to nothing at halftime. And oh, he and he a kicked a field, field
0: goal. goal? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, I changed See? my mind. Yes! Worse. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the run game. Lucas Leonard said, What happened to the Chargers' run game? Herbert did too much play action. I don't think he did too much play action today. Do you? They had a lot of success with the play action. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the run game wasn't great. I agree with your
1: uh, first part of your question. The offensive line wasn't performing very well, but they were able to run the ball fairly effectively at the end of the game when they needed to. Oh, yeah. Another situation where, you know, we saw it against the Raiders and we saw it to some extent against um, the Washington football team where they Mm -hmm. have a lead late and they're able to bleed several minutes off the clock running the ball. So they were able to have some success late. But, yeah, this just isn't a running football team. They run as a change of pace. They run for effect um, to keep teams honest and to set up the play action. This is not a team that's going to run the ball down people's throats. It's just not how they're set up.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, bah, uh, reverse jinx is winning, says Morgan. Um, let's see. Just got some more here. Just going through the questions here. If you guys got questions, we're probably going to wrap it up here pretty soon. So send it in. Um, let's see. Just going through it now. Um. All right. Yeah. So send us your questions, and we'll uh, we'll answer them. Anything else uh, you can? What about what about Tillery today? It was a real bummer that Justin Jones went out today because the run defense was so good early on. They decided to scale down Jerry Tillery's snaps early on rundowns, and we saw some real good work from those guys that we've talked about. And then, of course, Justin Jones goes down, who was a had his thumbprint on the drive before that, I believe, or maybe it was two drives before that where he got a, a, was in there and got a sack on third down, helped on a big run stop behind the line of scrimmage. So yeah, he was playing pretty good today. And then he went out, and then here comes Tillery, and things started to go downhill.
1: Yeah, they started with Tillery out on first and second down in the mm-hmm. first couple possessions, but then once yeah. they got a lead, he was right back out there on first and second down. So it was like, hey, this is working. <laughs> okay, <we're done." laughs> let's,
0: let's go away from yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I'll say this. I. Not, everybody knows how I feel about Tillery. Um, I'm not shy about my thoughts on Jerry Tillery, but I thought, you know, even though he didn't make any plays per se, I thought he contributed to some of the interior pressure, forced Burrow to step up a couple times into sacks or flee the pocket. Um, so, and he he did have I think one quarterback hit if I'm not mistaken. So, um, Tillery flashed a couple times, still not very good, but I think if they can use him as a as a situational. Edge slash interior rusher at times, that's probably the best use for him. He just can't be on the field on first and second down. Teams just run right at him. And -hmm. right now, it seems like they're still figuring that out, but they're getting closer to figuring it out. Um, Fejoko and Gaziano both played really well early in the game to help bottle up uh, Joe Mixon. Got to see more of that, a lot more of that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they played great early on. And hopefully they'll stick with that for four quarters. Uh, let's see. Nick, of course, wants to know, is there a free agent running back, too, you'd like to see them bring in? Uh, they brought in a guy, look out last week, it was Ido Smith, the former Falcons running back. I know he wants us to say Le'Veon Bell. Would you take Le'Veon Bell here now, behind Jackson, Kelly, Roundtree?
1: I don't know. I would normally say no. Um <laughs> Those guys are so bad. They're so useless right now that it it may not be a bad idea just to get some fresh legs in there and somebody who, you know, can actually see holes and hit holes and do his job.
0: And Bell doesn't look good at all. Uh, He got cut by the Ravens who need all the running back help they could possibly get. I mean, they've lost like what feels like seven running backs this year and uh, he couldn't stick there. So, um, yeah, i I don't know any off the top of my head of any free agent running backs. you know Smith was interesting coming out of college. Yeah, I mean, but, I'd be okay with that. I think he's yeah. a,
1: he's an immediate upgrade over pretty much everybody they've got behind Eckler behind Eckler. Yeah, Did they have all five backs active today? I don't know. I don't remember seeing any of the backs on the inactive list, but I could have missed it.
0: Oh, that's a good question. I wonder because I don't think I saw that either.
1: Because I wonder if the special teams was the special the kick coverage outside of, I think, one kick was really, really good today. And I wonder if they're using those guys on special teams,
0: mm. just
1: trying to force them to wait, work their way up. Uh huh. Um, I'm pretty sure none of those guys were inactive. And I wonder if that's why the special teams look so much better.
0: Well, I know we saw Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson take handoffs today. So they were, they definitely... were
1: both, on, they both played on offense. I, yeah. Bradwell tree. definitely was not on offense. I don't think Roundtree was on offense. Um, i have to go back and look at that. Yeah. Oh, Nick saying Bradwell was inactive.
0: Oh, okay. There you go. But, but Roundtree we... was active. That's four running backs.
1: Inactive. Yeah. They had four, four backs active.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: while we're on the subject of the running backs, can we please do one thing? Cause it's driving me freaking crazy. Can we not have Joshua Kelly be the third down pass protector? Like, have we oh not seen God. enough of this guy? How terrible Nobody was can't he today? Fucking block. Can we Again? not do that,
0: please? Oh, no more, <laughs> no more. It doesn't I'm work. Glad, I'm glad you brought that up because he's already in the doghouse as a pass blocker. Why are you putting him in on the most important down in football? Why would you do that to protect Justin Herbert? Forget about it. The, the, if you're going to activate four running backs, Joshua Kelly is your seventh person you put back there. Put Scott Questenberry back there, or anybody, <laughs> who, by the way, got some run at the goal line, carry. I don't know if you saw that, but he got, Questenberry got in on a jumbo package at the goal line. Oh, did he? Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. There's him. a it's Scott Questenberry signing today. Um, but put anybody back there but Joshua Kelly. That's stupid. And you're absolutely right, and I'm glad you said it. Because I incur- I meant to that- bring it up.
1: That's encouraging with Questenberry because they've been using Kelamete in that extra offensive lineman role. Who's inactive today. Who was inactive today. <laughs>
0: he played his ass right off the roster. <laughs> that didn't take long <laughs> at
1: all. Why does it take so long with other people, but I, he's so quick to be gone? Yeah, I know. Can we just make those same quick decisions, please?
0: Yeah. I mean, Filer was back, which is fine, but that is such a quick hook, and I love it. Get him it out of well-earned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, Nwosu, uh, Nwosu stepped up. Are we worried about Bosa could be out? Absolutely, Junius. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Three concussions, two years. That's scary.
1: Well, correction. They're saying he cleared concussion protocol, so it right. wasn't a concussion.
0: Oh, oh, gotcha. Uh-huh. If it
1: was a concussion, he wouldn't have cleared right. the protocol. Right, so right, right. it wasn't a concussion, and mm-hmm. I would assume unless he has lingering side effects starting tomorrow that hopefully he'll be on the field next week.
0: Right, so just a head injury is what they're saying?
1: Hmm. I think it was precautionary, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, What is the Chargers' biggest need in 2022?
1: How much time do you have?
0: I know, we've talked about this, (laughs) I feel like, every after hours. Right tackle, cornerback. Edge. Wide receiver. Right guard. um, RB2.
1: They need speed at wide receiver big time. (laughs) They need a wide receiver two. They need a wide receiver three. Uh, I think the tight end position is going to change quite a bit next year. I'm not sure Cook will be back, not sure what to expect from Parham at this point, not sure if they'll bring back Anderson. We know McKitty will be back because they just drafted him, but they're, I mean, this is a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. I think they're probably still going to win 10 or 11 games, is my guess, but this roster is going to turn over quite a bit and they're going yeah. to have a lot of needs.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, we we'll just right, tackle
1: f- and edge are big ones though. And oh, sure. obviously defensive tackle. We missed defensive tackle. How do we miss of that? Course.
0: Cause it's always the biggest need. And it's so obvious. And we overlooked it. Um, and we say it every year
1: and they're ne- and they never do anything about it. so, Why bother talking about it?
0: Yeah. Martin, what do you guys think about Joe Burrow with that pinky injury? I felt like it was over animated and crying like a baby. Dude, that guy's finger was twice the size of a normal pinky. Uh, He almost no doubtedly broke it or did some major damage to it. So I don't think it was uh, him crying like a baby at all. Um, I think they did something to it and it helped him out later in that game. But no, man, I think he really, really hurt his finger. And I think that's pretty
1: obvious. I'm sure he he um had some kind of a shot or something mm-hmm. He had to have oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't hold or throw or guide a football without your pinky. yeah, it requires a lot of pressure on that pinky
0: right before um, half he caught a ball with four fingers and hand and basically tossed it to mix He, he could not even hold going the ball.
1: out of his way to keep his pinky from touching the football yeah, at yeah. that point mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I don't think he was crying like a baby. I think he was in no. a lot of pain. And while I don't think it wound up affecting the game as much as people will say it did, yeah, he was definitely in a lot, of, a lot of pain, and he is one tough son of a bitch for playing through that because that's not easy for some of the U.S. to grip and throw a football.
0: Oh no, uh-uh. so no, I, I don't think so, and uh, and I, and I also don't think it had a big effect on the game like we talked about uh, earlier. I mean, and they're going to talk about it on Monday and how some of these injuries happen and everything, but that none of that had any effect on this game they're um, gonna
1: they're gonna try to turn him into Philip Rivers playing with a, a oh GCA. God I, I guarantee <laughs> it
0: now he's Philip Rivers he went from Wayne Gretzky to Philip Rivers huh great all right um let's see uh, just going through these questions ooh MK Adams really bringing the heat with these uh. shitty questions who is worse Derek Cox or Orlando Franklin
1: I would say Franklin because we had such high hopes for him. He was so good in Denver, and it seemed like such an obvious fit whether he was going to be playing guard or tackle, and he was so bad and had such a hard time staying on the field. Mm-hmm. I think it was worse in terms of being way more disappointed. Cox was just – that's a totally different story. That was just a bad signing from the beginning. He was nowhere near as good as as Telesco thought he would be or yeah. wanted him to be. And that was, I think, that was kind of predictable. But the Franklin one, that one hurt because of all the money they spent on him, and how it seemed like he was going to be such a good fit to have him fall on his face like that. I think that was the worst one.
0: God, yeah, that's what I was going to say because there's it's two different sides of the coin here. Because Derek Cox was never going to be good; he was not a good player. And Telesco tried to throw money at a, a position in need, and and Cox wasn't the dude. Orlando Franklin was good at one point. With Denver
1: top five guard and tackle for the Broncos.
0: Yeah. 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 He was on our uh, free agent show. We wanted him.
1: He was the number one free agent that we wanted at that point. And I think he was the top <laughs> available offensive lineman in the market. Yeah. And he just totally shit the bed. So oh. he, that's an easy one.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Did it do. No question here, but you guys are the best chargers podcast out there. Thank you. Uh, why is Joshua Kelly in on third down? Very good question, Morgan. Great question. Um, why is Joshua Kelly in at all? Th- that's that's an even, an even better question. All right, last one. Worst third round pick in Telasco's tenure: Nathan Riviera. Thank you. Is it Craig Manger?
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. I okay. think it's Pipkins. I think it's Pipkins. Because Maker actually played on special teams and made some plays and stuck on the roster for a while. That doesn't make him good after this year. Doesn't make him good, but it makes him better than Pipkins.
0: Yeah. I mean, Pipkins.
1: He basically burned a third round pick with Pipkins.
0: I mean, he did with both. Let's be honest. But yeah, I mean, I think with Pipkins. Yeah. Oh, somebody's bringing up Max Turk. Ooh.
1: Cause That's that,
0: too. that might, you know what? That might be it. Cause he got like no playing time and was just awful. What about, at
1: some point, go ahead. What round was Joshua Perry drafted in? Fifth. Was it fifth? Yeah. I thought it was earlier than that. He was in the same draft as, as Turk, wasn't he?
0: he I think uh, he was a third
1: or fourth round pick.
0: Well, he wasn't third. It could have been fourth. I thought it was fifth. It might be, it might've been fourth, fourth or fifth. Definitely not third. But, yeah, man. So, all right. So now it comes down to Max Turk. Um, somebody saying Chris Watt. But I think he – Chris Watt did enough at guard to
1: –
0: he was terrible. but I mean, He was a starting center for a long time. Yeah.
1: I think what made him the worst was that he just – he came out of the blue. Well, I, I guess all these guys did.
0: Oh, yeah. Really. no. Hey, remember? Like P- Craig Mager was at a party, not even thinking he was going to get drafted. Same with Justin Jones. They weren't even expecting to be drafted in day two. And Telesco reaches up. He does it every year. Um, I'm going to say Max Turk now. Just because he got no playing time. um, I had high hopes for him. I thought he was pretty good at USC. And then at some point in camp, he was rolling the ball back to Rivers. Like he forgot how to snap the ball. That's how bad he got.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's a good one. I think it's really close between him and Pipkins. Yeah. Like really, really close.
0: Yeah, and I think Craig Mager probably got enough playing time and probably made enough plays-ish to not be as bad as Pipkins and Turk, who don't even deserve to be on the field and never did, really. Yep. So, all right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for uh, tuning in. I was able to – I didn't think we were going to be able to do this today, but we did. So, Jamie is at lightning underscore round. I am at Gareth Sisti. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. Huge win by the Chargers today. We're glad you guys could join us, and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.